Welcome to the Navigate with Faith podcast. This is Elisa. And I'm Sierra. And we are your cool Christian chicks just coming at you with that living room talk. Yes, we are. So today we are discussing something that is kind of tough. I agree. <laughs> and it's something that is easier said than done. Today we're talking about how to remain faithful to God's promises. Hmm. To the promise that he gave you. Mm-hmm. How to, how to remain faithful when you feel as though the Lord has put something on your heart, has spoken over your life, mm-hmm. has spoken into your life. How do you remain faithful when that thing has not manifested yet? How do you remain faithful when God has told you who you are mm-hmm. and who you are destined to be and giving you a little bit of insight mm-hmm. and you aren't that yet? In the middle, what's that look like? Yeah, that's a tough question, Elisa. Um, that's a tough question. I think, and I really do think it varies, kind of like on the person, kind of on the, the situation. You know, heart posture is what I is is something that I think is synonymous to it, right? You know, uh, the posture of your heart, what you do with the promise, um, and what the promise is. I, I know that it's inevitable that you get dragged through the mud. Right, whether it's so, whether that is so that you can fulfill the promise, or your character be built up so that you can be what you need to be at the peak of the promise for the appointed time, as a buckle would say. For such right? a time as this. So, if if I was to answer that question, I would, I would feel, I would say, you know, I mean, working on my working. What was the question? <laughs> I, try, I tried to give it to y'all. It was out of good. That's a question while answering the question. Yeah, I'll that's do that. A new one. That's a good one. I'll do that. The question is how do you how do you remain faithful in the in between mm-hmm. when point A was months years ago? Yeah. And point B could be months or years later. Yeah. What's it look like when you're standing there saying, I know and I'm confident I have the confirmation in my heart. I done prayed about this so many times. I fasted. I know who I'm called to be. I know what God wants me to be. I know what God wants for me. Mm. He's giving me glimpses. He's giving me dreams. He's giving me vision. Yeah, he told me. You know, and you feel confirmed in it. We're not talking about still questioning, did God, did you say? We're talking Mm -hmm. about the ups and downs, the in-between. What's it look like to be like Abraham, who was promised that he's going to be the father of many nations? He's going to have more descendants than the stars in the sky, Mm -hmm. and you don't even have one. Okay. How's it feel when you're 65 and you Abraham? And you still got, what, 20 plus years ago before you... Even see something that you think is something. I mean, <laughs> before you even try some, <laughs> twenty more years before it comes. <laughs> <laughs> what does that look? How do you stay faithful? How do you keep yourself from going and getting what God said? Okay, well, God said that I'm gonna do this, so I'm gonna go do it myself. You know, we hear all the time people will say, um, "You think you're waiting on God, but God really waiting on you." Oh, don't say that to me. I think sometimes it's dangerous. Sometimes it gets that confuses a lot of people because I I don't think there's anything wrong with waiting on God, but I think people have in their mind that you can go make something happen or God tells you something to do so that you can go. Sometimes he tells you something because did you ever think maybe he trusts you with mm. that? So you might not want to do anything to dishonor that mm. trust. He didn't give it to you for you to make it happen. You know, they say don't continue in the flesh what was started in the spirit. Mm. So 
what does that look like? How do you keep yourself from going and getting what God said when he was just giving you a preview, a trailer? You think you're going to go and shoot the whole movie. Mm. Let's pray about it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's 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 pray pray. about it so we can get into it. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, we want to say thank you so much for giving us another opportunity to come together as believers, as sisters in Christ, and talk with the audience, talk with the listeners, talk with each other about the ways in which we can always keep you first, the ways in which we can always remember that you are our captain of our ship. So Lord, we want to just ask that you please place in us the words that your listeners need to hear. For this is your podcast and we are only your vessels. Lord, we hope that someone is encouraged. We pray that um, you speak to each and every individual right where they are, Lord God. And we want to ask that you please use us to encourage, to inspire, and Lord God, to lead people back to your word and back to your feet, Lord God. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And we're excited for this topic In Jesus' holy, precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're talking about these promises, you know, and um, so has God even ever promised you anything or are you just speaking biblically? Yes. um, You know, I used to use that word very sparingly, Mm -hmm. promise. I I admit that I was hesitant in the beginning because— I used to say, you know, maybe it's better for me to say God revealed this to me okay. or God shared this with me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it was you, I believe, who told me, well, because God's word does not return to him void, anything that comes out of his mouth can be considered a promise. Sounds like something I would say. That is something you would say. <laughs> it's something you did say. <laughs> Shout out to wise friends. Um And so, yes, you know, God shared something. He said a a number of things to me. The first time God spoke to me, I was in, I remember exactly where I was and how old I was. I was in the seventh grade. And it was, I always remember it, it is stamped on my heart, you know, and I remember exactly where I was. That was a, that was a word that was spoken over my life, right? Okay. Um, But more recently, in a couple of years ago, God did give me a promise about and a glimpse into my future, concerning a certain thing and to say the least like it has been tumultuous (laughs) this journey is tough yeah I was just about to ask you like I mean so God like how how are you handling that um you know there's a lot of ups and downs and as you see even in the Bible there's been a number of people who have been promised things we have Abraham who was promised that he was going to be the father of many nations you know long before he had even one child he was people were his name was changed Mm -hmm. to Abraham which meant father Mm -hmm. you know um and people were calling him father before he had any kids for decades, mm-hmm. right? You had, you know, a group of people who were promised the land. You know, yes. you had a whole the <laughs> a whole nation of people. The world was promised a redeemer. Okay, okay, the Messiah, right? <laughs> right. And there was always a waiting time involved. And I think, you know, as we see in text, everybody didn't always handle things correctly. Some people stretched their time. Some people tried to force God's hand or take things and in, matters into their own hands. And mm-hmm. so for me, you know, um, 
I would say that there's definitely been times in my weight, in my promise journey that I have not felt super proud of. I felt like I could have handled it better. But at the same time, you know, I mean, I'm I'm to the point now where it's just surrender time. I just got to mm-hmm. let it go. There's nothing I could do. And when we recognize there's nothing more you can do, sometimes, you know, you get to a point where you prayed about it. I, you know what I mean? You prayed about it for months, years. You fasted. You've been frustrated. You've been excited. You've been happy. The things that you say encourage you when you would pray and God would, you know, send that manna, that that thing that you know is God's encouragement. Sometimes, you know, in, in the beginning of it, it would encourage you and it could sustain you for a week. You could be on the high of that for a week. Oh, see, God reminded me of that. Yes. Hmm. But then what happens when it's two years in? What happens when it's three years in? What happens when it's five years in? And the same stuff that you say encourage you just kind of make you even almost almost a little resentful, you know? The journey is tough. So, yes, I've, hmm. I've, I've received a promise from God and, you know— um, I have to thank God because he has been revealing things along the way that have encouraged me, that have given me some some sort of checkpoint. And I feel like I'm grateful because he doesn't have to do that. And there's people in God's word who did not hear from him for years, complete silence <laughs> in their way. And and I got to thank God for, for not leaving me in complete silence, but it's still tough nonetheless. Mm-hmm. How about you? How about me what? <laughs> You've been promised. <laughs> You know, I think I set myself up. You know, I really did. I was, we, um, our Bible study group, our small group, we had, we had studied Gideon upon my request. It was me who requested that we studied Gideon. And we did, you know, and I, I found that, you know, Gideon was just unsure of something that God said. And he kept asking questions just for clarity, showing him signs. And it was something that I took upon myself. And I asked God, I asked God just to specifically show me this, doing this. I wanted to be doing that, but I don't want it to be doing this. And lo and behold, God Almighty did it. And I took that as a promise, right? Because if I asked him something and he clarified it for me, he confirmed it for me, I feel like seeing a sign is another way of God speaking. And he solidified it for me. And uh, lo and behold, a couple of days later, about five days later, it came to pass. Mm. Um, but I also had to give it back. And it didn't feel good. I will admit that I cried many nights and not because I was hurt, um, but because I straight up just didn't understand. It didn't make sense to me. The other side of it was questioned. Whether or not I heard correctly was questioned. Um, My faith, you know, was questioned. My relationship was questioned. Who I was was questioned. My self-esteem was deteriorated. And it brought about a lot of things unnecessary. I don't know that God intended for me to do all of that. Wow. Right? I think, you know, that He was being kind to me and answering a prayer for me, promising me something, and I do not think I was a good steward over it. Once it happened, I don't think that I was my authentic self. I wasn't who uh, God had created me to be, which allowed me now to step back and— um figure my real self out. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm still learning. You know, I'm constantly asking God to seek me, oh Lord. And it was tough. Um, I I can't fully say that it won't come back. You know, I can't say that it won't come back because I believe it will come back. It's when it's going to come back is I don't know. You know, um, I found myself being extremely concerned about the chronological period of it, which has brought about um, you know, 
frustration or concern. You know what I mean? I feel like, okay, well, what if the rapture come and then I only had the promise for two two minutes, you know? So it's something that, you know, I really did think about. But like you said, to, you got to surrender all of that. I have to do it constantly. I surrender for probably maybe about eight months, you know, to the point where it's like I struggle to continue to pray for it, you know, mm-hmm. because I really— left it alone, you know, and then I was just like, oh, Lord, was I, am I supposed to not care this much? Because it's not that I don't believe him for it, but I just don't believe it's coming anytime soon. Wow. Yeah, so. Well, yes. you know, the, that's the thing is, is I don't think that it's really up to us to try to track our package. <laughs> <laughs> no UPS. And folks. I know for me, that has definitely been the thing for me is I am an overthinker mm-hmm. by nature. I'm a thinker, period, mm-hmm. you know, but there's some things that I can chew up. You know how when you chew in gum, you can chew it so much it becomes paste. It's like I can overthink something to the point where it's now paste. I'm just saying, you know. Uh, <laughs> so for me, you know, I, I had struggled with overthinking. Okay, Lord, when? How? Okay, what? what what's going to be like? Okay, so uh, what's the weather going to be like? You know, is it going to be a Tuesday or Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Should I wear? Is it going to be today? Should I put on these special earrings? You know, because <laughs> I, I was under the impression and I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people have have heard a number of these things or struggle with this when you are waiting on God you believe that it's going to come to pass you have faith you're trying to remain faithful you're trying to remain hopeful you're trying to remain excited and so you have this attitude of it could happen at any time yeah. so I want to be trying ready to stay prepared stay ready so you ain't got to get ready right, right? Yeah. so I step outside of my house every single day ready to receive mm-hmm. right which is good so what happens when you step out and every day your <laughs> outfits are popping every oh maybe today is going to be the day that I get that promotion that God was telling me about today is going to be the day that I meet my husband today is going to be the day that I find out that I'm pregnant for you married folks you know what I'm saying so every day people are waiting for something that God has given them a glimpse of mm-hmm. encourage them through dreams through visions through you know prophetic words through, through from trusted you know people in the kingdom whatever it is you know a lot of us are walking around knowing God has something special for me yeah. God has something that you know, he wants to give me. He shared it with me. He showed it to me. Today could be the day. Tomorrow could be the day. So what happens when a month of tomorrows mm-hmm. goes by, a year of tomorrows go by, and it still has not happened? You know what I mean? I think that's the struggle. For me, I had a, a point where I've had ups and downs where it's like, I'm I'm really excited it's going to happen in time. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. It hasn't happened. You know what? I'm done. I don't even care. I don't even care when it happened. You know what? I'm done thinking about it. I'm done. Th- I'm, I'm, oh, I'm done, you know? And then something else will happen. You say, you know what, Lord? I'm sorry. I didn't... <laughs> I didn't even mean that. You know, I shouldn't have said that. It shouldn't have been like that. Mm. You know, there are ups and downs. And the reality of it is, you know, it sounds so beautiful when you zoom out of this and it's not you. It sounds so beautiful when you hear the testimony, right? We usually hear the full testimony. God said it. They waited. Then they received it. Now, the whole church is jumping, jumping when they hear that, right? But when you're in it, it's not fun, but God also knows. And remember, if this is you, if you have received something from God, if God has shared with you a glimpse of the future, future things are God things, first and foremost. We're only we're only given the knowledge of the, the minutes and hours that we are living in and have lived. 
So, and that's for a reason because future things are God things. So when God shares with you a glimpse of the future, understand that obviously there's something in you, in you that he trusts that you can handle that. So now it is up to you to be a good steward of that knowledge. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned you didn't feel like you always handled it correctly or was a good steward. I can attest to that for sure because I think I had made myself sick a couple of times, you know, overthinking it and getting, you know, frustrated because it wasn't here yet. Even though my rational mind could look th- look at a list of things that have shown me that I'm not ready. Yeah. A list. I could name them. Check marks next to each box. Mm. Nope, 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 nope. You know, I knew a list of things rationally, but my heart, you know, was sick because even in God's word, it says hope deferred makes the heart sick. Mm -hmm. Absolutely distraught because there was something that God told me, you know, that I wanted so bad that I can even admit that there was times that I took my eyes off of God and Mm -hmm. put my faith in the promise. And when you do that, you can always feel yourself slipping because when you put your faith in the promise, that's when you get sick. That's when you get frustrated. That's when you forget that you're not waiting on somebody to notice you in your job position. You're not waiting for an acknowledgement. You're not waiting for somebody to um, decide that you find enough for them to pursue. You're not waiting on that. You're waiting on God to position you to be ready to receive, to to build your character. You're waiting on, on God to put other people in rooms that are going to welcome you, right? Because you almost make it an idol, right? Oh, listen, anything that God is a jealous God, anything that has more of your attention than him, whether that be even something that he, he created yeah. is an idol. Yeah. And he cares more about you being focused on him than you receiving the goodie bag that he has behind his back for you. That's facts. I agree. You mentioned surrender. Mm-hmm. You love that word. We talk about surrender <laughs> all the time. I, I mean, she loves surrender. She always, oh, girl, surrender it. Because let me tell y'all, you know, Cece over here, she's she's good with saying, you know, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I am. I'm done. But that is easier said than done. I don't, I can I can admit, I don't even really, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this every day. And mm-hmm. I think half the battle is just saying, Lord, I surrender. I wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. Lord, I surrender my life. I surrender the promise, mm-hmm. you know. So how have you gotten to a place? Is, did it come from frustration? How did you even get to the place where you feel like you have surrendered it? And what does that mean to you? Mm. Y'all, Alexa asked some really good questions. <laughs> this is a really good question. You'd be like, how did I? No, um, I really think just like everybody else, just like all of our Bible characters, we try to do it on our own, right? I think I frustrated myself enough till I realized, you know what? At a certain point, you know, the treadmill, it don't matter how fast you go on the treadmill. The treadmill is not going to move, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you get on that treadmill all you want to. Now you done made yourself tired. It's not going to get there any faster. And I think I have ran the treadmill because I'm very, I went to school for sociology. Mm. I have a plethora of perspectives. I can come, I can figure some stuff out, okay? I can make it make sense. Mm -hmm. I can. And for a sociologist to get burnt out, it's just like, you know what? It's just obviously not the time. Once you start to see all the other things that God has done in your life, even before you even knew it was a promise, you realize, all right, he is a sovereign God. He'll fix it. And knowing that he cares about me, he really does love me. And even if I misheard him on the promise, it'll be whatever I do get would be 
a hundred million thousand times more than what I thought that I would receive, right? And it really came from, I will say a part of it came from frustration, you know, a many, I said, I'm not about to be crying about something that God told me I'm going to have. That doesn't even make any sense, you know, for me to be feeling all kind of ways about something that God told me I'm going to have. So what you crying for? Because you ain't got it right now. You know, I think it really was just a reality check for me. I had to sit back and realize you got it together, but you're not perfect. And since it has happened to me, I realized that I don't do well with elaboration. Okay, I expect for somebody to understand it just the way in which I put it. That's not healthy because now you realize you might be doing somebody else a disservice because they didn't understand what you just said. Although it was profound, you need to learn how to elaborate. If you was in a relationship or if you were already uh, had the job or you had already bought the house, would you have known that you needed to talk a little bit more to negotiate their price down? Would you have known, you know, that you you and your man ain't communicating well because you don't know how to elaborate? You just assume that they, you know what I mean? It's mm. just it's like I found out that, you know, Sierra, you might be a little bit offensive. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you might be offended. You know, it just were, there, there were really were small things that I started to learn about myself that had me Oh, realize. you mean offendable. Offen- offendable. Oh, I thought you said offensive. Like, I thought you were saying that you just be offending people. That too, oh. you know, but I mean, I think offensive I'm, and offensive. I'm walking around like Jesus. Sometimes it hurt. I ain't really mean <laughs> walking around like Jesus. But, you know, it just was a lot of things that I found out about myself that allowed me to realize, okay, you're not as ready as you thought you were. And, it ain't, and I'm not being mean about it, mm-hmm. but I want you to be the absolute best version of yourself when you get what I am supposed to give to you because what I'm going to give to you means a lot to me. Wow. For God to give me something means it means a lot to Him, and I need to be made ready for it. And I think just once I sat back and I was real with myself and I realized, all right, sis, you got the outside and your inside is all right, but you you can do some work on your intestines. Like, mm-hmm. My Surrender came from me stepping back and looking at myself a little bit more, being real with myself, realizing that I don't have it all together. What about you? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? (laughs) Um, You know, I I, I think for me, I've heard somebody say uh, something like, God is more concerned about your character than Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. um, having all these blessings. And Mm, I think he cares about both, but I I do agree. I think that God is so strategic, right? The way that he hung the moon in the in the sky, the way that he set up, you know, the the seasons and stuff. We know that he's an intentional God. He cares about the details. Mm-hmm. And I believe that it <laughs> They said a, a, a blessing at the wrong time is a curse. And mm. if I was to have received what I've been promised any earlier. I would have been devastated if I did not have the character yet to sustain it. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that I have to be real with myself about is I got plenty to do, (laughs) y'all. I got plenty to do. And, you know, spiritually, like I said, you know, I've been at this for a while. I've done all my praying. I've done all my journaling. I've done all my, you know, um, research on the situation. I've I've fasted. Elisa does dry fasting. No, I don't. She does not drink (laughs) or eat and does it for like seven days. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. God took me through a dry fast that I did not want to do. And a lot of times (laughs) the things that God calls you to do, usually it's not your first choice. No. He he told me to do it and I did it. And it wasn't seven days. 
but <laughs> but it was still it was it was three days and I could not believe that that but he set me up for the okie doke but I I am more committed to obedience, mm. you know, and that's that is what I had learned during this time. There were a lot of things that I had never done before I got into this this faith journey. You know, yeah. there were things that I was challenged, you know, um, by emotionally, spiritually, you know, um, mentally. I've been challenged and I've grown a lot as a person, you know, in a short amount of time. Um Sometimes with the promise in mind, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Wanting to become somebody. And then also with understanding better God's character as he's growing a better character in me. And so, you know, yeah, I got to a point where I felt like I had done everything I could do. I didn't chew this gum to its very, it is, it is paste and I've, I've done everything and I've, I've, you know, there's nothing left to do but to let God bring it to pass. And so now I'm to that point. Where I can't, I don't have a choice. My back is against the wall. There's nothing left. I mean, there's nothing left to do but to allow God to work. And in the meantime, God is so strategic and so awesome that usually he has already given you a word on some other things in your life. Mm. There's other purposes, mm. right? Mm. He's just, he's giving you glimpses to set you up. If this is something that, you know, you've experienced a lot of the times, there's other things that God also has called you to do. Mm. And I recognize that, yeah, you know, I might be frustrated because this promise has not come to pass yet. Not because I felt like I was so ready for it, mm. but just the principle, you mentioned something about chrono- the chronological yeah. timeline of it. You know, I'm looking back thinking, I've been at this for a long time. I just I deserve this. I deserve this. I've been putting in work, been putting in work. You know, let me tell you something. There's people in the Bible who've been waiting longer than I've been alive. (laughs) So do we really want to go there? You know, um, have you really been waiting since? Have you really, you know? (laughs) And so um, I realized, you know what? I'm frustrated because I feel like I've done, maybe that's a little bit of pride. Maybe yeah, that's a little bit of ego or, you know, spiritual sure. elitism, you know, just a little a little pinch of, I've been, well, I've been at this for long. I've been faithful. Yeah. I, I deserve sh- it. That's I des- what you sounding like. You sound like you think you deserve it. I deserve this yesterday. But, you know, but yeah, you know, we we, got to be really careful how we verbalize these things because we can see that sometimes the contents of our heart are not correct. You don't deserve anything. Mm. Anything that God gives you is a gift Mm. from above. And I think that I had gotten to a point where I realized there's nothing left for me to do. If I had learned that earlier and probably let it go, who knows where I would be at, you know, Um, but I didn't deserve anything necessarily, but God does recognize our efforts, right? Mm-hmm. You mentioned something about even if you misheard, you know, you know that God is going to slide through with the upgrade. Mm-hmm. And that's true. God loves and he focuses on our efforts. And so in this time where I have gotten to is I put in a lot of effort spiritually. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm to the point where I'm like, you know what? I got other stuff to do that God has also called me to. This podcast being one of them. Okay. You know, I have a business. There's plenty of things that I can do and be better at, mm-hmm. be more awesome at, mm-hmm. than to sit around and stare at the pot of boiling water. We talked about, we talk about all the time. You know, I, I heard this. Um, there's a devotion that I am subscribed to. I get through my email by Stephanie Wilson, I believe. And Stephanie Mae Wilson, and she had said in one of her devotions, she was saying that in a weight, you know, a weight is like putting on a pot of boiling water and waiting it, a pot of water and waiting for it to boil, excuse me. And 
you know, you can either put that water on the stove and just stare at it or you can go and find something to do. Mm -hmm. But either way, that water is not going to boil any faster or any slower if you decide to stare at that water, if you decide to go and be about your business. So it's just that the difference is when you're staring at it, it feels so much longer. You know, people say time flies when you're having fun. Time flies when you are not paying attention mm. or focused on things mm-hmm. that are not for the this time, but mm-hmm. are for the appointed time. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's where I've gotten to is being real with myself and being like, you know what? God, I did everything I can do. And I'm sure some of y'all out there have like felt this like, man, I've, I've done everything. Everything that they tell you to do, I've done it. I done took every class. I done read every book. I watched every YouTube video, all of them. I done seen all the little, all the, you know, the sermons. I, I, I'm wearing myself out. Matter of fact, I don't, you know what? I don't even like this topic no more. Can we talk about something else? <laughs> I don't even like it no more. Hello. You know, so we can wear ourselves out, man. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think that God meant that for That's us. It's really not his, and I don't think that was his intention. I'm sure he knew you was going to act like that, but it'll all work out. Wildin'. You did it because all things work out for the good of those. And, you know, why our intentions are well, why we meant well, um, it's just not, we went about it wrong. You can mean well and go about it wrong. And I think it's really important to be still or practice being still um, or take all the training and classes you can. Get you another degree. I'm sitting here presently getting another degree. As sure, I, I already got it, and okay. I still ain't got my promise. So what's up? Get another one. <laughs> get yourself another one. I got eight degrees, you know, man. Like, <laughs> Where you at, Jesus? I mean, just keep yourself busy for you, for the betterment of you, and for the better, you know, and, and all and, and the things to glorify God, because it doesn't matter what you do. It's nothing you can do that'll expedite this promise. Wow. It's nothing you can do. You sure? I can't. I mean, I can't, like, you know, I, I can't, like, like beg him. And no. then he not going, Okay. Say knocking the door shall be open. What if I just like not every single day? Nah. What what if they ain't there? Uh, what if they on a trip? I'm talking about Jesus. What if what Jesus if Jesus is always there? Jesus is there. He heard God. you. He'll send. He'll drop that mantle down to let you know. And I he does, you. y'all. Like I, man. Let me tell you something. Yeah. He be encouraging along the way. He I be does. getting on God's nerves all the time, y'all. And God sometimes like, all right, let me give her something. Like I, God has definitely gifted me information. To mm-hmm. keep me encouraged. And there was stuff that I really didn't deserve to know about the status of my shipment, my package, <laughs> you know, of my promise. I didn't need to, I didn't deserve to know certain things about the status. But I think that, um, you know, because God didn't owe me that, right? And I think that sometimes he shares with us things so that we can, um, you know, not be caught up in the fact that we're sitting in the dark. I think that can be devastating. And whether that news is fantastic news or if it's not so great news to understand that there's still work to be done and we're not just sitting here, you know, waiting on nothing, sometimes can make the world a difference, can let you know if you're free to go ahead and be exactly who you're supposed to be and not worry about slowing down for it to catch up with you. It's going to meet you wherever right now we're working on this. Mm. That's what God God is working with, that that position to get it ready Mm -hmm. for you, right? It makes me think about Joseph. Like what all had to be in place for him to get from the pit to the palace? The job. The position had to be in place. Stuff wasn't even there. Because it wasn't, there wasn't any position. The tunic had to be made before before you was put on, and, and and they was jealous. But could you argue that somebody was already in the position for most of that weight? 
somebody was occupying that seat? That's not scripture. Was not somebody <laughs> wasn't in that position? No, that that position was made specifically for Joseph. Oh. Oh, so it was a custom order. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what do you know? So you mean to tell me custom orders take more time? I mean, it lasts long because it's, you waited long because it lasts long. Hmm. Hmm. You, you, I mean, it's it's special. It's special. You specially made. The position is made special. Hmm. It's worth the wait, though the wait probably ain't fun. Remember how them Jordans used to be released? Well, listen, they ain't paying us for this, so we ain't going to. Oh, I mean, but shout out to Mike, though. But nah, but no, all I'm saying is. Yeah, shouting you out, bro. Okay, take just <laughs> <laughs> all, I'm, all I'm saying is I think, you you know, you it's worth the wait. And, you know, you wait on things that are valuable, that will last a long time. I know that God knows what we don't know. And. Whatever God got for you is unimaginable. You can't even put it together even if you tried. And that's why it feels crazy because who you are right now when he told you doesn't equate to who you need to be in the midst of it. So it feels crazy. Wow. That's that's something that I definitely, you know, you were saying that your biggest struggle with your weight was the timeline. For me, I know there was a point in time where I just felt, I felt crazy. I feel that all the time. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's, you know, sometimes the closest people to me just don't get it. They've mm -hmm. never heard of it. Maybe they just haven't experienced it, you mm -hmm. know, themselves being in a way or being promised something. And it's hard to explain to somebody why you're not running ahead of God when they're thinking that, you know, oh, well, you know, uh, God is God is waiting on you. It's, it's faith without works, you know, that's dead. So I'm going to go work for it and I'm going to go do it and I'm going to go da, 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 da. And I know in my experience, and I don't know if you can attest to this too, but when I've tried to go do something, I hit a, a brick wall because God was like, uh, no, sit down, let's shout Like, you ain't supposed to go and do this yourself. I was, I'm supposed to bring it. So every attempt that you have at trying to go get it yourself is going to fail. You said you don't know if I can attest to that. I'm I'm saying you know if you want to share. Oh, for sure. It, it, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. not in detail, but you know. Yeah, no. I I mean, I often listen. I'm really smooth. Okay, my middle name is ESPN, and <laughs> I'm smooth. Sports Center. Okay? I can come up. With, that's like I said. You know, earlier, I can come up with a multitude of ways to try and do something, and you know, I'm not gonna say that I'm clever. I don't really like clever because I'd be feeling like, oh, that's you know, a little a little evil but um i'm creative mm -hmm. you know i will say i'm creative and i can come up with a few different ways to try and make something happen but if it's a god thing it don't matter what i do doesn't it doesn't matter what i do no matter how i say it who i say it to which angle i come from what shirt you bought what cologne you got on what perfume you wear what color your nails is it's really just it don't it just mm. nothing's going to take the glory i don't think god god is really you know God God really does things in a way where he wants to be clear that nobody's going to get the glory but him. And I've had times where I've thought of all the scenarios where I thought my promise was going to come from and how it was going to happen. And there were even opportunities that were presented that, you know, somebody else could have been the the vessel that kind of helped this thing to be boosted up. Time. And, you know, I realize now God doesn't want anybody to even think that they have the glory for this thing that he's going to bring to pass for us. You know what? You know? I, yeah. I um I had a friend who encouraged me to move ahead of God, mm -hmm. you know, and I did because it sounded like a great idea at the time. And God asked me for it back. Wow. I don't even think he asked me. He took it back and was like, you'll be all right because you, you'll see what I'm doing, mm -hmm. you know, but— he took it back, you know, and in the midst of that, I did some studying, ran up in Amos, <laughs> you know, and I, you know, and I read how 
um, you know, the dream portrayed how the pillars were tore down and then brought back up again because God created the pillars again. And it just was like, if somebody else encouraged me to do something, then they would be held responsible or they would feel like they were held responsible for God's thing. And God will snatch it away, knock the pillars down and rebuild it so that no one can get the glory, only him. And by the time you look back at them pillars, you can say, when when somebody else told you to do it, that's when they were tore down. But now you can look back and say, these pillars are standing strong because of God. Hmm. And you would have never, ever got anywhere close to what God had for you if it wasn't for I mean, he's going to have all the glory. And people be tripping. Can you imagine somebody saying, oh, girl, you got the promotion because of me. <laughs> right. You got that house because of me. I'm right. the one who hooked you up with that relative. Oh, your husband? <laughs> y'all together because of I me. I introduced y'all. Girl, you don't get... <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, if, you know, God is so cool that, you know, some of the most, the greatest love stories that I've heard, you know, the person, let's say somebody did introduce somebody. Mm-hmm. It was clear from the jump. Even that person was like, God told me to, you oh, know, man, yeah. like, leave y'all, like. I don't know what was up with that, but it's still going to be known. You know, even when he uses people, it's going to be known that God gets the glory. And, you know, God is a jealous God. He's jealous for us. And I think sometimes we forget that, you know, it's not about us. It's not for our glory. You know, um, a lot of these things, if he's putting you into position, if he is preparing you for a place that you're not in yet and he's giving you this knowledge, clearly there's something that he wants you to do within yeah. that position, right? Yeah. And with that blessing that only you can do for his glory. And he you one, you have to accept, you have to accept what he is what he is trying to tell you Mm -hmm. and then to wait and to trust him because wait biblically means to trust in Mm -hmm. God right you have to trust him for it and then when you receive it he's understanding right he's it's under the understanding that there is something greater than you just having a promotion or having a husband or having a child you know what I mean there's something greater if he needed to speak and give you a, a you know a heads up about it What is this about? Like, obviously, this is something that is beyond our comprehension because there's a number of things we've received that we didn't think much about. The car you're driving, you maybe didn't think much about, you know, or the outfit you're wearing today, maybe you didn't think much about it. You could have even gotten to the school program or other, you know, friendships or whatever, and it wasn't even much of a thing. Mm -hmm. But then there's some things that God obviously thought was so important that he had to give you a heads up. So it must not, if if it's special, it probably ain't going to come in a normal way. Mm. What started in the spirit is not going to continue in the flesh. So, you know, I just think it's just, it's really interesting, you know. And earlier you were talking, Sierra, and you said that, you know, you didn't feel like you handled certain parts of it in a way that you were super proud of. I can also attest to that. You know, I think there's ways I could have been a little bit more debonair. I wish my story was very much like, oh, God told me and I left it alone. I ain't even worried about it. God said something. I said, all right, God, I got you moving on. I wish. That sounds so beautiful to be mm-hmm. like, man, I trust God from jump. I got all the faith. Man, I'm not even worried about it. I didn't even ask. I, listen, I ain't even click track my package one time. I ain't even worried about it. It's going to show up. Complete faith. That would be so cool. I think that would be so amazing. But the reality of it is that's not normal. You know, that's not even, I mean, that's not even biblical. Not saying that that's not 
an option for you because it very much is y'all if y'all listening and you still haven't messed up nothing or you haven't taken matters in your own hands you haven't let your emotions get the best of you got bless you, you shout out have... to you send me an email and tell me how you did it <laughs> we'll send you a package <laughs> we're gonna send you a care package to keep going and not mess up no but but understand that you know i think that's amazing you do have the opportunity to remain faithful and to have that attitude yeah. that is always an opportunity that you have but know that if you don't remain in that attitude know if your emotions get the best of you sometimes know if you even go and and run ahead of God like Sierra said know that that's normal in terms of there are people who have done that as well in the Bible you're in good company not saying you good for doing that because you risking me you shouldn't do that you should repent but know that you're not the only one out there who, who has struggled with your emotions and feeling like okay well maybe God is waiting on me let me go you know or man I'm tired of this like maybe I I was given this promise because I'm supposed to go make it happen Maybe that's it. And we have, there's times in the Bible, which I would love for Sierra to like, you know, break down a little bit because <laughs> this guy has a way of making like the Bible come alive. And I love to hear her say stories. But, you know, we have Abraham who went, you know, Abraham and Sarah were promised a son and they went and they um, utilized their servant girl, Hagar, to bring forth a son. It wasn't the son they were promised, but a son. That wasn't. Waited. I'm sure God wanted that to happen. And you also had Joseph who got a dream and went and spilled the beans and told everybody and thus led to his, you know, tumultuous journey to the palace. So, you know, Sierra, if you could break down, just give us an overview of Abraham. That'd be really awesome. Yeah. You know, his story. <laughs> My boy, A.A. Father Abraham had many sons. Mm-hmm. Not in the beginning, though. Many sons had fathers. Wow, that's not. Oh, my bad. We no, better get into it. No. Um, Ab- Abraham, though, you know, one of God's homeboys. They walked together. They talked together. I think that they had a really nice relationship. And, you know, he let them know why Abraham was out there playing in the sand. Hey, you know, um, I'm going to make you see all them stars in the sky. That's what your descent is going to be like. And he like, oh, snap, that must be, you know, me and my girl about to have some kids. He was excited. You know, went back and he told Sarai. And she believed him. And Abram. Sarai <laughs> and Abram. She believed him. You know, they sat on that for many years. And um, the promise did not look like it was coming through. Sarai was um, not having no pregnancies, no pregnancy scares, no miscarriages. Nothing was happening. And, you know, she took it upon herself to encourage him to just try it another way, a way that she, she thought that she knew. And she said, hey, just go and have you know, an intimate session with uh, our maid girl, Hagar. So he did it. You know, he didn't have no rebuttal. Um, she probably was cute. Okay. So he went. You he know, agreed too fast for my liking. You me, know myself, what? personally. I was thinking about <laughs> me, it anyway. Myself, like, he should have been like, hold on, baby, baby. Like, hold yeah. on. We should have seen a couple <laughs> verses. And he said, are thou sure? That was nothing. I think the next verse he was like, and he did. <laughs> he said, hey, you should sharp. <laughs> No problem. I wasn't going to say it, but since you did, it's all right. I'm sorry. Oh, shut up. Rest in peace, Abram. He a trip, boy. He may have changed. But, um, he did not argue enough. We would have arguments. <laughs> but listen, Hagar ain't argue either. She, you know, she, she had a thing for him, Trifling. too. Nice, strong man out there. She saw him. She said, boss, yes. So, you know, not she probably didn't have a choice as a servant, but, you know, so he, you know, he went and, you know, sure enough, Hagar was fertile and she was pregnant, right? And he he impregnated her. And 
it caused a lot of drama, you know, mm-hmm. in their house, which I can imagine so. You know, I am his wife. He's made me an honorable woman. You the servant. You a maid. You beneath us. The scum and of the earth. And this was my idea. I'm the reason you pregnant. Like, you my yep. surrogate at this point. Yep. You know, and... Hagar did not feel that way. She felt very much entitled because she really thought that the promise was going to be lived out through her, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I heard y'all whispering in the tent talking about y'all going to be the father of many nations. I'm the mama, all right? <laughs> and <laughs> it really just didn't happen that way. It caused a lot of drama. You know, Hagar ran off a few times. She she just kept running away. Because Sarah was, uh, wasn't having that, so she treated this girl pretty pretty rough, too. It, wasn't mean, a, it was a very toxic situation. I'm sure it was toxic. Yeah, side, side pieces are toxic. Um, and she was <laughs> Pretty much side piece, you know, walking around. Oh my back, you know, was <laughs> my feet, my feet swole. Hey, my girl, rub my feet, you know. And Sarah probably was getting ticked off. Like, girl, come on now, you eating for two? You doing too much? Like all this week, you eating on my grass. But so, um, so nevertheless, you know, she ran, she ran away, and you know, the Lord sent her back, and um, you know, she ended up having her child. And I, and I, I, I don't know the age difference. I mean, I want to say roughly maybe about seven to fourteen. I know that's a big age difference, but anyway. Sarah became pregnant and she had the promised son. So now there's an age gap between the two boys. All that Abram was doing with Ishmael, now he's going to do it, you know, with Isaac. Mm, and the um, promised one. And Ishmael was kind of evil a little bit. He was hitting him in the head with rocks. You know, scriptures say that he was a little a bully a little bit. Oh. He was that's what that's where it really initially kind of ticked Sarah off. It's like, hold on, you get your child because you doing, mm-hmm. you know, mistreating my son, and then, you know, and they sent them off. And that was the end of their story. You know, Abram was nice about it. He go your back, he go your wheat, he go your corn and your water. Y'all go on about your way, kiss my son goodbye. You go off and you 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 do great. And um, which left them, you know, at a place where it should have been in the very beginning, right? So, but not only did God promise him this son, he also asked him to surrender his son back to him. <sighs> Came to him in the middle of the night. He said, I know you've been waiting on this thing for over 100 years because, mind you, Abram was over 100 years old when he old, had his baby. Old. So he gave him this child at 100, asked him, you know, to give him back. And with glee, you know, Abraham got up and he went down the street, up the hill and around He didn't the tell his wife this time, though. That's a good point. That's a good point, Sarah. You don't get to know this one because the last time I told you something, you got me doing stuff I don't need to be doing. Made you know? suggestions. But suggestions I don't, I don't like your attitude, Sarah. I'm going to keep the secret from you. So, um, <laughs> so you know, he went up to the hill, got, got prepared to sacrifice his son, the way in which they sacrificed bulls and lambs. And if you read Old Testament, you know that that was the thing to do, bulls, lamb, and sheep. And um, a lamb just came out of the bush just out of nowhere. It was like, you know, it was a lamb. Ram. It was a ram. A ram in the bush. Was it a ram? I thought it was a lamb. Jesus put a lamb. <laughs> Some was in, in the, the bush, bush. And he didn't have to use the baby. It was the ram. And, you know, and then the angel of the Lord spoke to him and let him know, hey, I'm very pleased with you. You've just really kind of showed me that even though I gave this child to you, you're still willing to be sac- you're sacrificing for me. And I really do believe that when Abram picked up his knife and got ready to cut his baby down the middle, as they were supposed to be doing when you sacrifice an animal, you cut him down the middle. And he said, you know, I mean, I believe, you know, that the Lord will bring him back. He was blindfolded mm-hmm. up on the wood. You know, he he said, I believe that, you know, God, you'll do just, just this amazing thing. Even if it isn't bring him back, you'll do something extremely amazing. And I trust you with that. We've already been through the fire. I know what it's like. I know what you're like. And I trust you with it. And here you go. Here go this child. And, um, you know, nothing happened. Poor Isaac, he still was. He was about to. He, wrote, he, he was in the midst of being obedient when. That's a good point. You know. The angel of the Lord stopped him. He was in the midst of being obedient when the angel of the Lord stopped him. No matter how it hurt, no matter what it looked like, no matter what other people said about it, he was going to do it. And you know, it's funny because God 
In that moment, you realize that God wanted to double check to make sure that this promise did not become an idol. And he wanted Mm. to test Abraham's heart. All that I had put you through, did you build up character? Mm. So what happens when God asks for it back? Can you imagine? Now, Scripture ain't saying nothing about Abraham crying and flipping the script and running the table and the question and counseling. I did. I did all that. I wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> you flipped the table. I wasn't as good, I wasn't as good mm. you know, as Abram was. I um, flipped the table. I pulled a Jesus move in the market. I flipped the table. And not, I wasn't, I'm not going to say that I was upset with God. I'm, mm. I wasn't upset with God. I can never be upset with God. It was, I was Pete. There was a piece about it, but I still just didn't understand it. Right. And I think we, we'll, we'll go our whole life not understanding what God was doing. We mentioned Job had no clue what God was doing. Wow. Right. So you you almost never know what God, why God is doing it or what God is doing. But you know that something is being done. And I do think that I found joy. I found comfort and I found peace in knowing that even if I do not know what is being done, I know that God is doing something. And I know that he is working it out so that everything that I went through won in vain. Wow. You know what I mean? It was there. There was a reason why like or or it was worth it, basically. Could it be that God was giving you a glimpse into you know, a practice that you can carry into the second half, you know, of this promise when it when it comes back to you, mm-hmm. when God, um, you know, does deliver on his promise mm-hmm. in its entirety because his word does not return void. Mm-hmm. There might be other times where you have to surrender it again and say, this is out of my hands. You know, I surrender not in the same not situation either. or, or mm-hmm. way, but, you know, first and foremost— when God gives you something, we're supposed to make sure that we are worshiping God and not the thing. And sometimes yeah. we can get caught up in it. We may not feel like it's an idol or or what have you. But, you know, I think that sometimes practice makes perfect with some of this stuff, right? And mm-hmm. so God, you know, it seems like he, you know, it, there's, there's just certain times where I feel like we don't understand, like you mentioned, and we could we could not realize that those same characteristics that we've had to exhibit yeah. in order to get from point A to point B may be the same characteristics we have to maintain and get comfortable with to live the rest of our life on the other side of the promise. Yeah. And so I can imagine that the same attitude or the same um, level of trust you have to have with God to trust mm-hmm. that he will bring it back the same way that Abraham trusted I mean he had complete trust he was like Lord you know all right I'll sacrifice my son because you're so good that I'm sure you just you have the power to resurrect him that blew mm-hmm. my mind the fact that it wasn't he wasn't so caught up in battling what God told him to do or the fact right. or his emotions about it he was focused on God and God's power Mm-hmm. And God focuses on our heart. And I think the fact that Abraham chose in that moment to not focus on self-pity. God is taking back what he had. Well, God, he why God? Why did you do all of this? Like, why'd you put me through all of this? And we got another son that's older. And I did all this and I had drama and I had to send and all of this. I did all of this just for this? Just to get here? Mm-hmm. You know, I can't I can't say that I wouldn't respond to like I did all this for this? For me to kill the kid? I I only had him for a couple years. Like, really? You know, it's crazy he didn't think about that. 
It's crazy mm-hmm. he didn't think about like, wow, that's really mean, God. You must be a mean God. Mm-hmm. Wow, he didn't turn it on him and curse God. He didn't turn it on God and 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 make assumptions about God's character. Instead, he took what he knows of God mm-hmm. and said, well, I know you're powerful. That's so it. I trust that, you know, because I know that you're good and I'm set in stone with that, that's it. then, you know, you're probably going to bring him back or something. Lord, I'm not even worried. That's it. That's astounding to me that he focused on God's power in that moment and not an array of other things he could have focused on. I think that's what we need to be focusing on, God's character. Wow. You know what I mean? Knowing that we, you said, we sit there, oh, Lord Almighty, the Lord of Lord, kings of kings. Yeah, but what does that mean to you? Because if it really means something to you, then you can kind of chill on your promise, you know? And all knowing God is just that. He knows all above all, you know, there's a reason why Snow and rain is different substance, but they both is the same thing. Like so that they can water the ground and the grass, so that the cattle can eat. Like it just got so. It's just he knows best. You know, if he is a promise keeper, that's what he is. If he is a way maker, that's what he is. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's nothing else. It's nothing else that you can do. How how in the world can I compare it with a way maker? Who am I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how can I know more than an all knowing God? It doesn't even really, you know, make sense. So, you know, I agree. You know, I, I don't I don't I'm not gonna say that it's just we can just easily have an Abraham an Abraham heart. You know, I, I mean I wish so. I, we don't I mean we can say that He made some mistakes to get there though. He did, his you know. It, it took always. him a long time to lift up that knife though. Like he, <laughs> you know he was like, All right, Lord <laughs> <laughs> You don't know that you fool. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just playing risky But uh <laughs> I'm keep saying that because bro is cool, but uh, <laughs> it's a cool dude. You don't even know him. He's a like cool dude. I read about him. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't. I just think you know the way he handled it, giving it back is is appreciative. You know, um, you may you may have to give it back. You know, you probably did get a really good deal on the house, and now you need to sell it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You probably need to go back, move in. You know, with your parents them and wait because something else is better for you. And I know it does. It seems illogical, but. We, God is all-knowing. Like, He does not see man the way in which we do. Um, you know, he, he doesn't think the way in which we do. And, you know, and it's just, it's about trusting Him. You know, like, how much, how much do you trust God? The level of trust in which you give Him or um, how much you trust Him will solely determine how you handle your time while you're waiting. Amen. That's real. You know, there was there's this concept that I've heard um, calling dying to your vision, right? And I think that that's a part of surrendering mm-hmm. each mm. part. The same way that, you know, Abraham, the same way that Abraham had to die to his vision for him and his son, mm-hmm. he probably didn't envision even being in this situation, but surrendering his vision to God's vision. And when he stepped back and he remembered, like, first and foremost, this ain't even, you know, one, nothing's impossible for God. And two, I'm I'm choosing obedience. I think that's a big part of surrendering is also surrendering your vision. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, it sounds a little ridiculous to even think that we could have a vision or an opinion on a, a word from God when we had no clue about it until he gave it to us. This ain't even ours to begin with. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in 
loving the fact that God is our friend and we forget that he is just not our little friend. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. I say that all the time. God's your friend, but he ain't your little friend. He's God first and foremost. He's Mm -hmm. sovereign. He makes the decisions. He calls the shots. And, you know, when he gives us something, um, when he gives us something, you know, it's because he's already done the research on us. He sees our heart. He knows that we're ready. He knows what we're going to do before we do it. We, he knows how we're going to handle it. And, you know, the reality of it is some things are just way too important for God to play games with the timing of this thing. There's some specific things. And when we recognize the honor it is to have been given a vision, you know, that we don't deserve. To, to have been in a position to receive something that or insight about something that only God knows. When we sit and we think about the divinity that is at play when God shares something with us, we should be so humbled to the point where we don't even dare bring in our ideas about it. How could you even have an idea, a timeline, or a vision for something that didn't come from you? Ouch. That's ridiculous. Ouch, Elisa, that hurt. <laughs> just say, listen, it hurt me too. But I just thought, I just thought about it. Like you don't go to the movies. Mean like, well, you know, I don't know. Like I just, I just feel like, you know, why didn't the character do that? Because you didn't write the script, ma'am. <laughs> you know, that's just how it is. You can't, you can't have a vision for something that did not start with you. A vision is attached to the source, and. It's source. And, you know, right now the source is God for these things. And we have to remind ourselves that we look silly. We look silly trying to discuss things, God things with a divine being, you know, things that we can't even wrap our head around or understand because it doesn't fit into our timeline or, you know, it doesn't fit into what we have drummed up in our mind when we received it. How about if we give it back before God even asks for it back, right? Wow. You know, I mean, okay, you know, or, hey, you know, I promise this to you. And you say, okay, God, well, what you want me to do with that? You know what I mean? Okay, like, what's my next step? You know, I mean, um, Samuel's mom prayed endlessly to get pregnant. Wow. And when she was pregnant, before that baby was out of her womb, she said, Lord, I give him, I surrender him unto you. Right? So, you know, I wonder how much different, and she was kind of cool. You know, I'm, you know, I'm sure it was like, I ain't really want to do this. I ain't really mean that, <laughs> you know, but you promised me something and I promise you something. You know, um, so what if we give things back, you know, just already let them know, you know, it's just like saying yes, you know, um, before you read your Bible, you say yes and you read it and now you commit it to it. You know, what do we challenge ourselves? It might be something God wants us to do is challenge ourselves. Yes. Yes, Lord, I will do it. Yes, Lord, you can have it back. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You know, um, and I wonder, you know, if that's something that I I didn't do. You know, they say hindsight is twenty twenty, And I think a lot of people can, you know, look back on their promised journeys and definitely say like, man, I who I was, you know, years before when I first received that journey, mm-hmm. you know, um, and was called to be on that journey. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even the woman or man that I would have wanted to be in that situation. Mm-hmm. Or there were things that I didn't even know about myself. Hello. But the emotional side says, okay, but it's my promise and I want it now. Mm-hmm. I thank God for protecting me from the things that I thought I wanted. I mm-hmm. thank God that, you know, I didn't even quite realize that I was praying in such a biblical way 
um, until I read again over the story of, you know, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane Mm -hmm. and realized that he prayed very much like how I had been praying for a while, where we share our heart with God, you know, and, and we know what he called us to do, right? We shared, and Jesus in that moment was just very emotional. He was. You know, he was very emotional and even he knew his whole life what he was called to do mm. and still said, well, Lord, please take this cup from me. Like, you mm. know, if there's any way. And it's crazy that to think that a perfect being would even ask that, you know. Mm. And so thinking about that, you know, we're obviously not a weirdo if we're in an emotional moment too, knowing what God said, but still feeling emotional enough to ask something that, you know. Contradict the whole problem. Right. I have. We've been there, done that. Yeah. I know, I've done that too. Yeah, like, no way, can you switch it around? Did you re- <laughs> like, I don't even want to get it back. Like, change it. <laughs> <laughs> I want a new one. Can we start over? <laughs> I want a new one. <laughs> I want a different one. I want to change this <laughs> Girl, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you asked for a new one. That's wow, that's bold there. Return the sender, Lord. This one is wow. fragile. This one, this one broke. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, there's there's so many times where, you know, I was praying and I'm like, man, you know, this is where I'm feeling just being emotionally raw and being really frustrated and crying and da 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 da. But at the end of the day and at the end of the prayer, I always said, you know, but Lord. Not my will, but yours be done. Mm-hmm. And I knew in that moment that I got whatever it was off my chest, but I was probably canceling all of my begging because they talk about, you know, not being a double-minded person, right? Mm-hmm. And in those prayers, when you're emotional, but at the end of it, you say, let your will be done, mm-hmm. you kind of cancel out all you of that. You didn't even say nothing. I said, Lord, I know what I said, but listen, if it's not your will, I don't want it. So just ignore it, you know? And I thank God for the times when he's ignored that because mm-hmm. if he listened to me, said, all right, fine, here it is. Mm-hmm. And I messed it up. I will be sick because I'll say, well, I begged for it. And and he actually listened. And I, I don't, you know, I don't mm. want that type of responsibility. So in the end of the day, we see this in Job with Job. We see this with Jesus. It's okay to be emotional. It's okay to to get frustrated. It's okay to not know why or not understand, like you said earlier. It's okay to get really annoyed or feel like I've been I've been working so hard. I don't deserve this. Why did you know it's okay to feel that way, but we must always make sure that when we're done feeling, we go back to the character of God. We never curse God. We still honor him and we tell him. In the end of the day, Lord, you're not my will, but yours be done. Not my way, but Yahweh. You know, it's it's really important that we always pull back and we come back to ourselves and we are humbling ourselves before God to remember that emotions do not reflect character of God. You know what I mean? Just because you're having your emotions does not mean that that you can take your emotions and put that on or pin that on God's character. Oh, God is mean because I feel sad. God is mad because I feel horrible. Or God is this or he is this. You know what I mean? You can't do that. Hmm. So I think putting into place the fact that it will be emotional. You won't always feel up to it. You won't always feel excited about it. That's fine, Mm -hmm. you know. But in the end of the day, going back to and being encouraged by the character of God and knowing that he only wants what's best for us. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. He knows the plans he has for our lives. Mm -hmm. Plans for hope in the future. Plans to not harm us. Right? He knows that. Mm -hmm. And, and, And he knows that. He shared that with us. We know that now. And so I just feel like, you know, 
it's just I just don't know if this need to we just need to release somebody like it's mm-hmm. okay to feel some kind of way. Mm. It's okay to feel some kind of way. It's okay to feel no way. That it, don't oh, mean that is true. That doesn't mean you don't trust God. You know what I mean? Just because if you really taking yourself out of you just really truly over it, that doesn't mean that you don't trust God. That's good. So there's a there's a quote that I do want to close with. Um, there's a Holocaust survivor named Corey Ten Boom, who often spoke words of wisdom. And one of the quotes that Corey said was, hold loosely to the things of this life so that if God requires them of you, it will be easy to let them go. Wow. You know, we understand that our our life is bigger than just the things that we receive and the things that we want and our desires of our heart. It's it's much larger than that. There's a greater purpose. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, saying, you know, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away is actually a very, um, that's a strong statement. And I think to be reminded that in the end of the day, we trust God and His sovereignty. Mm-hmm. And uh, we know that His His heart for us is pure and His heart toward us is for good and not evil. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's, that's somebody we can lean on and feel mm-hmm. confident about, you know, holding loosely to the things that we receive because God's purpose will prevail and it will always be good, you know, for, for sure. us. He has good intentions for us. And so we have to trust Him and remain faithful because of who He is, not because you want to reach the manifestation of the promise. I mean, you can want that too, but that shouldn't be the purpose. It's mm-hmm. because of who God is. Sure. He's a good gift giver. And he loves you. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Navigate with Faith podcast. We want to give a special thank you to Dante Hodge, our executive producer and editor. And a special thank you to the Pigment Playground for designing our show artwork and graphics. Music by Turn Me Up J. Cav. This episode was recorded at Listen Up Audio in Atlanta, Georgia. Subscribe to the Navigate with Faith podcast on your favorite platform. Follow us on social media and Navigate with Faith on Instagram and Facebook and Navigate W Faith on Twitter.